FIS Castaway, the podcast keeping you in the know about the shipping and commodity world. To keep up to date, sign up to our FIS Live app at www.fis-live.com or follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Hello, 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 and welcome back to Castaway, FIS's freight and commodity podcast. It is Wednesday, the 14th of July, and I, I am joined, of course, by Theo, and we have Kerry back. Welcome back, Kerry. Thank you very much. Good to be back. Cool. So let's go into our usual overview of what's happened in the news and then look at our indexes on the main markets. And then we're going to go have a look again at those main markets that we cover here, freight, iron ore and the oil and fuel markets. So starting with the news, Egypt agreed to a compensation deal for the impounded ever given vessel that ran aground in the Suez Canal in March. G20 finance ministers have collectively endorsed carbon pricing for the first time, describing the once contentious idea as one of a wide set of tools to tackle climate change. Iran informed the International Atomic uh, Energy Agency that it started the process to produce enriched uranium metal, a material used in nuclear reactors and for nuclear explosives. Um, officials from America and the EU met to discuss the bloc's proposed levy on digital companies, with America saying this unfairly targets US tech giants. French President Macron has made vaccines compulsory for French care workers and a leaked EU draft text says sectors covered by its carbon scheme will be given a 10-year glide path in phasing out the free carbon credits that help to mitigate the cost of polluting. And Brussels has said that allowances for these industries will be gradually reduced to zero by 2035. Uh, let's go into the indexes that we've seen the week on week. This is obviously Tuesday the 6th versus Tuesday the 13th of July. On the oil and products, Brent, we've seen a little increase, 74.57 last week, 76.15 closed last night on FIS report, up 2.12%. On the high sulfur fuel oils, the Rostam 3.5%, we're above 400, 404.20 up 3.4%, Sing 380.416.20 up 3.2%, also up on the 0.5%, the very low sulfur fuel oils, ROP 527.69 up 3.7%, and Singapore, 0.5%, 56 19 up 3.7%. On the high fives, that's the difference between the very low sulfur fuel oil and the high sulfur fuel oil. Again, continuing to increase, 123 on the rot high five now, 4.2%. And Sing high five, 130 up 3.2%. Kerry, what about the freight indexes? Well, the Cape size 5TC average is at 30,272. That's up 2,963 or 10.8% week on week. Uh, con- and conversely, the Panamax 4TC average, 34,398. That's down $1,703 or 4.7%. And Theo, what about the iron ore? Uh, in, in iron ore, uh, week on week, the plat 62% uh, was at $217.85, down $4.15, which is 1.82% week on week. The uh, fast market 65% uh, index settled yesterday at $251.80, down $3.10, which is 1.22% week on week. And the uh, spread 65 62 Sell at $33.95, which is up 78 cents, uh, up 2.4% week on week. Cool. And then on the tankers, TC2 down 2%, closing 115.28. TC5 up 13%, 88.93. And on the dirty, not much movement at all. TD3C 31.5 down 0.3%. And TD25, I think that's 
Again, 0% movement, same as last None week. None at all, yeah. 70 worlds ago, so really not much going on there. Uh, and then our new regular feature in terms of carbon pricing, we have the EUA, which closed last night at 53.11. Uh, this time last week, it was 54.02, closing the day before, so that's down 1.7%. So let's move into the main markets that we've seen. And as Kerry, you've been off, I'll give you the <laughs> the honor of starting us of talking about the freight markets, which we have had a little bit of info on. I'll try my best, but you're back now. So give us all the in-depth of what's happening on uh Absolutely. On well, the Cape size market made some gains in the latter half of last week. That was driven largely by the improving sentiment on paper, with gains being made pretty much right from last Tuesday against a busy physical market and continued expectations of a, a stronger late Q3 and Q4 on that physical market. Um, let's remember seasonally. Q4 always tends to be the strongest on the Capes anyway. Um, however, if it was paper that was primarily the driver last week, uh, dragging sentiment and the 5TC average up over 10% during the past week, it was very much physical events that drove the sell-off in the past two days. Easing congestion in China loosened up that Pacific Basin, whereas uh the news of a force majeure declared at Richards Bay in South Africa due to the ongoing unrest in South Africa caused a little bit of a panic, I would say. Uh, the sell-off that seemed perhaps unnecessarily sharp yesterday, particularly on that front end. The August closing 32,750 last night, about 1,250 down week on week. Although we have seen some bounce back today already uh, with that August trading at 33,125, according to FIS Live. While the Q4 closed down uh, at uh, 32,450, that's down about 1,300 week on week. It's worth noting, again, this continued optimism for the back end of the year is expressed in the continued contango on the nearby months versus the spot. Um, and so, you know, it's worth watching that and noting that that has not disappeared. Uh, the Panamax market has also seen a pretty steady drift down on the physical, which has eventually brought the paper down as well. A buildup of tonnage in the Far East has not been matched with enough new inquiry out of either NOPAC or Australia. This has led to a fairly predictable tumble in rates in the Pacific. Uh, East Coast South America has been very quiet with rumors uh, yesterday of uh, P6 being done perhaps as low as 33,000. While the erosion of TA rates has led to the indices being marked down really across the board. August paper closed at 30,500 yesterday, off 3,500 week on week with the Q4 at 26,000. That's down about 2,500 week on week. And it's interesting the fact that the physical and the kind of fundamentals are now wrestling control back of the market <laughs> exactly. derivatives. Exactly. You were starting to sound like a broken record where you're going, oh, this is the tail wagging. The exactly. Exactly. And this is very much the physical taking back that control, uh, perhaps too much so. You know, again, when an event like, you know, Force Majeure gets declared at a major port, I think that shook a lot of people uh, who had been counting on that, uh, on those Richard Bay cargoes to, uh, to take some of the pressure off the balusters, for example, on the Capes. When you have a sudden event like this, like the unrest in South Africa, I think that tends to, to overexcite the market, perhaps. Mm. Um, it's, you know, it's worth noting, we've already had that bounce back this morning slightly. Where do we go from here? Let's see. A lot of people will be looking at what's happening in terms of Chinese GDP figures, concern over the kind of increasing demand, that sustained demand for, for iron ore into, into China. I know it's, the Trade Winds article came out yesterday uh, by Holly Burkett on that, so yeah. All those elements coming in. But talking of iron ore, Theo, what have we seen in the last week? Uh, in the last week, I've been just 
a few observations that I've noticed. Uh, hasn't been a very volatile week on week, but uh, noticing that the virtual steel market uh, margins have remained at over a thousand RMB per ton in the second week of July. That's returned them back to their high profits that we saw mid May this year. Um, according to my steel survey, the last furnace operation rates of the 247 steel plants in China was 78.26%. That's an increase of over 20% week on week, which pretty much returns into normal levels. So this should has also, I think, more potential on the upside for steel margins, and also that would mean support for the high-grade iron ore. Uh, another thing I noticed today was today all the metals are up, especially aluminium, copper, nickel, and zinc are up, which explains why Reba and HRC were higher today at close this afternoon, as they all follow each other. Uh, or though on this occasion, on DC didn't follow suit and ran pretty much flat. So this recent, um, the other thing that I've noticed about the uh, producers this week is that the recent bull market for iron ore doesn't seem to have encouraged producers to increase output despite record iron ore prices. There seems to be an abundance of growth response in that forward supply projection. I was thinking this may be due to future returns that might, they might feel weaker, but also might be the increasing need to meet strong environmental commitments. So having a look at the, the, the miners in more detail, the first half of the year, the shipments have not been as high as expected. And they'll have to lift those run rates in the second half of 2021 to meet their, their sales guidance. BHP released a few weeks back that they hit their financial year guidance figures, but currently Vale and, and Rio are lagging compared to what their projected numbers are. So although I still feel there is a downside risk in the second half, the likelihood would probably be a gradual versus an abrupt change in that direction. Um, and volatility, from, from the volatility perspective, I was looking at historical volatility today, and it seems the SGX iron ore contract levels are starting to drift down, and that would suggest probably some selling pressure, I'd imagine, the implied volatility. So the 30-day vols are sitting around 33%, where, put in perspective, at the start of June, they're at 63%, so they pretty much doubled. Um, finally, having said all this, according to a panel discussion, SGX Singapore International Ferris Week, yesterday, which started yesterday as a three-day event, the panel believed that global iron ore markets will be rather solid fundamentally for the remainder of 2021, as the outlook for demand both in near-term and long-term is likely to stay positive and supply will grow, they say. So they're projecting global ore supply with seaborne ore specifically will grow by about 35 million tonnes year on year and followed by about 20 million tonnes for 2020. So there's a couple of differentiating uh, opinions there, I think. So it's going to be a pretty interesting second half of the year. Absolutely, absolutely. And Theo, one thing I noticed yesterday is uh, the Bloomberg index of, uh, of uh, Chinese mill profitability on a per tonne basis was actually up uh, for the first time in a while. It was up at, I think, around 599 RMB. Uh, which is about 100 RMB up week on week. And that speaks to what you're saying. So the Chinese mills have not this time just dived in to increase production. Um, they actually have managed to, uh, to it seems, um, keep production steady or even restricted a little bit to get those steel prices pushing back up. Um, and, and, and that's something that's definitely worth watching. It's a trend we haven't necessarily always seen in the past. So... Um, so yeah, I mean, if whether that's due to environmental restrictions or whether that's due to uh, to simple better coordination among the mills, it'll be interesting to watch that. Yeah, I think it's a bit of everything. I think it is that the environment, the environmental um, restrictions are real. I think they are putting a lot more emphasis on that. Um, and 
yeah, when I do see that move in the steel margins moving higher, I think they do look at their virtual steel margins and do lock in those profits. So yeah, definitely. It's one definitely one to watch. Cool. And something also to think about is the unlocking of the economy, which around the world will have a huge impact on demand for commodities and I guess in the UK, I feel a bit like a guinea pig uh, on, on things going forward. With... <laughs> we very much are guinea pigs here. Technically, we'll, yeah. we will have our freedom next yeah. next week's podcast uh, uh, and uh, see how that goes in terms of cases and the yeah. the movement to actually uh, living with, with COVID rather exactly. than having these, these lockdowns. Um, and then that will give a lot more of a information everyone going forward in terms of how they themselves, other countries, are, are, which are behind on vaccination programs, uh, can actually get to that and we'll keep an eye on what's happening in, in Israel as well who've did reintroduce masks because of the Delta variant and all those elements uh, will be put into that and yeah maybe at some point next year we'll have a bit more normality <laughs> exactly, clarity yeah, we can yeah. go back to normal boring um, <laughs> reviews of commodity markets going well <laughs> exactly actually Kerry it's just based on fundamentals this week <laughs> amazing wow Cool. Well, to finish yeah. off our trio of main markets that we're looking at, uh, oil and products. And the, of course, the big news this week was on what's happening in OPEC. And they've still not agreed going forward. There was this big hoo-ha of happening between UAE and Saudi Arabia, um, in essence, with UAE trying to increase its baseline production. Um, classic case, you know, we always have the jostling of who can produce what uh, and Saudi Arabia acting a bit like a, a Big brother going, no, not yet, yeah. can't do it anymore. So we will continue to watch what's happening there. Um, it did seem to spook the market and what's uh, what was happening because we did have a, a Thursday last week a drop in what was happening, uh, a drop in the market, sorry, uh, down to kind of more 72 levels before it has recovered uh, into to this week. So we'll, we'll see what's happening in terms of that uh, OPEC decision. Uh, and as they have to be, Unanimous, you know, this is something which can cause a lot of problems, and UA can start throwing around its its weight with that that unanimous vote. Um, but the coalition is currently withholding about five point eight million barrels a day of output um, as of okay. this month. So there's a lot of scope for increasing production there. And you know, Saudi Arabia being the conservative one, saying that we have to hold on longer. This is not going to be something which is returning to demand so quickly. Uh, and the UAE is obviously chomping at the bit to to increase those levels. And I know Russia previously. Uh, in reports have been said that it was keen to get going uh, more quickly. Geopolitically, you also have Iran, I noticed, uh, ratcheting mm. up the pressure here, yeah. um, saying that, you know, we're returning to the production of highly enriched uranium. So uh, deal with you it, you know, deal with it. <laughs> and then and whether that portends, you know, some pressure to get a deal done or whether that's sort of moving away from a deal, I think we have to we have to wait and see. Or maybe we're yeah. just very unfairly looking at Iran and they just really <laughs> generally want to develop a nuclear program so they can move themselves away from oil. Exactly, exactly. Why wouldn't they? Exactly. <laughs> but no, that's going to be yeah. a big problem and you know, a challenge um, in terms of foreign relations yeah. for the Biden administration and how they do that. And I know that Europeans have been very strong supporters of the previous deal, which yeah. Biden had helped uh, negotiate. So yeah. hopefully they'll be able to push that forward and we'll move away from dangerous elements in terms of geopolitically and, and instability, yeah. which could um, speak market the opposite way yeah. uh, in things. But then looking at what's happened to the, the API has predicted a smaller than what we've been used to uh, draw in uh, crude levels, uh, minus 4.08 uh, million barrels, which they're predicting again, uh, a draw in Cushing as well on the West Coast, a gasoline draw and distillate, a significant build, nearly 4 million barrels. So we'll see later today what the EI actually 
produce in terms of figures, the real figures. Uh, but again, it's another week of draws and crudes. We're seeing the, the kind of demand for production of, of products. Uh, there's gasoline draw as well. So you've seen some decent potentially driving season in the, in the US on, on those levels. Uh, just very uh, overview looking at those figures uh, on that. But more specifically into the fuel oil markets, obviously for our freight guys, uh, something that they've been looking at. And that trend has generally followed what we've seen in the crude markets. So Brent, we did see that drop on Thursday, but has recovered into this week. And that's been the general trend followed by the fuel markets as well. So if you looked at what happened um, from the end close of yesterday, we had some $16 increase in high sulfur fuel oil uh, week on week uh, to the highs, which was actually yesterday, um, was previously um, last week, but 26 as well on the uh, very low sulfur fuel loss. So some, some significant increases on fuel are what's happening. Uh, again, the same story of what we've been talking about on this high sulfur fuel oil market. It, the crack continues to weaken. You know, part of that will be it has an inverse relationship to Brent. So with increasing Brent, that obviously does come off. But again, we're seeing that move. Minus 1160 was where we were this time last week on the podcast. Uh, and now minus 1195. Uh, so a significant drop uh, to note on that, but less so on the on the very low sulfur fuel oil. If you actually look at what's happened on the FOGOS, that's the fuel oil gas oil spread, which is used to price uh, futures markets on the 0.5%. That has actually strengthened slightly. So we're seeing it was minus uh, 85, uh, well, sorry, we're minus 85.50 on the Rotterdam and minus 62.50 on the Sing. So that's about $3 or so stronger since the last podcast. So you've seen a strengthening on the 0.5% with that FOGO. Um, coming in uh, and also a weakening of the high sulfur fuel oil and therefore in terms of the indexes that we noted at the start that growing high five spread yeah seeing now 130 so we're getting towards those levels where those uh scrubber guys are going rubbing the fans <laughs> exactly. much. Uh, that was a good investment yeah. uh, and then on things in terms of looking a bit more on the physical and if you want a bit more in depth of what's happening in terms of the physical we do have our partnership uh, with engine and you can see all of those reports now on FIS Live. And if you'd like to get a free trial of that, please go to www.fis-live.com and you can sign up there. Uh, all the information is also on our website, uh, www.freightinvestorservices.com forward slash FIS hyphen live too. But looking at those physical pricings, um, we've seen a jump in several ports in the Americas with the highest gains seen for uh, low sulfur values in LA and New York. In terms of Ports east of Suez, uh, high five spreads have widened as a very low sulfur fuel oils have recorded a sharpest gain, somewhat agreeing with what we've seen in the futures markets. And in terms of European bunker ports, uh, on the back of what's happening on Brent, uh, Durban's very low sulfur price prices dipped back uh, down to parity with Port Elizabeth. So some general sense of what's happening in some of those major ports on the physical side, uh, as well as the uh, before on the futures but again I, i've put in front of us for everyone who's listening you won't be able to see this but in terms of uh, our world and data levels of daily new confirmed covid19 cases and you can clearly see that first wave uh, just above in kind of november dates december dates uh, then coming into second COVID, wave yeah into march and yeah. now you can just start to see now as we hover around the four hundred thousand cases a day level that that's starting to increase again towards those highs above eight hundred thousand and that third wave coming. So it's definitely something to keep in mind. Uh, as I said, we've got the, the relaxing of regulations here in the UK next Despite, despite next having week. a third wave seemingly peaking at the moment. Yeah. So, you know, so let's uh, let's see how that works. Yeah, as a test of yeah. the vaccination program, well, exactly. we should be around about 90% first doses 
for the rest of the world and what impact that's going to have on yeah. on the economy and therefore on commodities. It's something exactly. that everyone has in the back of their mind. I know they're sick to death of it, but <laughs> you, you can't avoid it, unfortunately. Yeah, no, and uh, and it'll be uh, it'll be certainly some good data. We do feel a bit like guinea pigs here, but very good data for the rest of the world to uh, to look at as they reopen. So yeah, well, I, I saw it's, it's a bit ageist, you see. <laughs> All so, these... Some of us have both shots already. Exactly, so, and yeah. then some of us are, are, are the more youth youthful look uh, haven't quite got to that level yet. But uh, as we've seen, you know, those cape sizes coming back up again nicely. Panamax down, which is interesting, is is taking a corner off, uh, and those iron ore markets not really moving at all it's just taking a breather as it yeah, is and fuel's been sideways made. for once uh, and of course that also to note that we have uh, announced of course the future opening of a copenhagen office for us which will be a kind of center of all our green very much so a project we've been working on for some time uh, finally finally coming to fruition and so yeah so anyone looking into more information about card emissions, I know we've done a couple of podcasts if you want to look back on the backdated catalogue of things on shipping emissions. Uh, but if you want more information specifically, then do get in touch with us. Um, Alex on our Carbon Desk has a kind of white paper on carbon, carbon emissions and all the things you can do in terms of compulsory for those based in Europe. And uh, for those who are looking at more voluntary, looking at more of an ESG view of, of their business can also do that. And they can contact uh, Alex Moore as alexm at freightinvestor.com to get a free copy of that uh, report. Uh, and looking forward to our, our continental office to be a center of all those carbon emissions bits and also battery metals and future prospects yep, such future as prospects. green ammonia exactly. or, or other things which could exactly. happen. So definitely something to look at. Uh, anything else from you, Theo, or are we all done for this week? No, well done for this week. We will be having a battery special in, in a couple of weeks, so we'll keep uh, people up to date with that. Other than that, yeah. pretty much it. Yeah. Looking forward to uh, Fast Markets being with us again for uh, that battery mutual special. But uh, everyone listening, do join us again next week and uh, do look at that back data catalogue on shipping missions or the previous Cobalt one if you want to brush up on stuff before our new battery metals episodes too. Thank you very much. Thank you.